Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No... Holes, I'm sorry, I'm just finishing a brownie. Why are you always eating when we start this? <laughs> it's like you know what's coming, Laura. Get it out your gob. No, I can't help it. It's in. It's in. It's in. Oh, it's that's in. my phone. Oh, God. This is a professional start. Um, Laura! Victoria! It's so lovely to be back. We have had quite a prolonged break from recording. Um, because of various other commitments and um, fack in half term and all that bollocks. Half term, basically, yeah. So it's been like two weeks, maybe, since we've been on a record. It has, hasn't it? Mm, I really miss it. I've grieved it. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a huge empty hole in my life. But however, in my gash. However, did get to see you this week. Oh my God, share a bed with you. It's just oh, the most amazing experience so of wonderful. my life. And uh, why did we get to see each other, Laura? What happened? What absolutely incredible, significant event happened in your life? Um, we went to Brighton and I did a stand-up comedy show. Woo! And obviously I was there. I was she, there. You were the entourage, mate. You were the dream team. I was the entourage. Um, it was absolutely incredible to witness you on stage you are a natural natural born fucking stand-up comic if ever I've seen one I was so I was telling Rob about it I was telling him all my favorite jokes as well so I won't reveal anything on here because uh Laura will be hopefully appearing in other venues very very soon very very, very soon yeah very very soon um, <laughs> but yeah just your your physicality especially I, I I liked the way that you commanded the stage and uh just used your body in a very hilarious way. Um, it was great. I was so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Thank you. And to be a part of it felt like a massive honour. So thanks for having me, babe. <laughs> no, thank you. I couldn't have done it. I honest to God could not have done it. I know obviously we've spoken about this already, but yeah, you, uh, our well, my friend Jules, um, my management, you're all there. Ollie. All there. Ollie the Primo, hot guy. Hot guy. That we all, that we all perved over. <laughs> guns. <laughs> Ollie the guns. So, That's yeah. what we call him. So he walked out of the room and within 15 seconds, Vic went, I don't even think that I can concentrate on anything other than his arms. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to wear a tighter fucking top, mate? James. Mate, I was here for it. I do not mind if he wants to wear tight tops. Oh, it was so much fun. It was just it, so it fun. Was and it was like, I don't know, it just felt really special. And it was a really um new experience to be like on the uh, on the other side of things because I've worked in media and TV and all the rest of it on and off like obviously I worked at the school for a long time but before that that's what I did and I've always been on the other side of the curtain if you know what I mean like yeah. behind it and obviously I wasn't the one doing the fucking stand up but I was 
almost there with you. And it felt really odd to, to, to be in that position to be like, Oh my God, wow. This is, this is what it's like to be the talent, you know? It's only, so taken me, it's only taken me just over four years to actually feel like the talent yeah. <laughs> and not the fucking weirdo. But can we also appreciate, so Vic has never seen, I've seen Vic in multiple occasions where she she's just very silent because we all know that she's socially anxious. But this is the first time that Vic got to truly see Laura's social anxiety, which is so much inappropriate banter. Mate, I've seen it so many times, but I think the difference is it's the first time that I've seen it with men. I've yeah. seen it a lot oh, with God, women because awful. we've generally hung around. We've been yeah, 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 around. Like, we, we don't know, men, it's but... very different because <laughs> oh, I will just say things God. like, so, it was so bad, wasn't it? So bad. It How I still have a career in comedy after what happened after that show is beyond me. <laughs> Everybody, so we basically somebody came up and was chatting to me, and it was all it was very exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. And instead of just like having a serious chat with him, I was like, "Oh my god, your voice is so sexy!" And then I was like, "I will suck anyone to get to the top. I don't care what I have to do." And, you know, and, and then like, you were talking about his do- like him stroking a dog or something. It was no, just that was like him. That was his fault. That wasn't <laughs> yeah, my fault. How did this happened. I don't know. I don't know. And then I was like, I'm really sorry. I don't do this very well. And he was like, Laura, it's it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> and I don't know. Did I ever tell you about when I had my driving test and my no. male, my male driving instructor, he was like, no. Laura, I need you to pull into this road, pull in behind this car, put your handbrake on and turn the engine off. And I looked around at him. And at that point, up until that point, I thought I was acting normal. He went, Laura, I want to pass you. I don't want to fail you, but you are making this incredibly difficult for me. (laughs) Why? What were you doing? I don't know. I thought I was acting normal, but clearly I wasn't. I was obviously being really not normal at all. I can't help it, mate. I can't help it. Oh, it's so funny. And it's like, that's the thing. Like, I think I'm acting so fucking normal. And then sometimes someone will say something like, you're talking exceptionally fast or like they'll look at me weird. And I'm like, oh, shit. Hang on there it is. Here this she is. is. A, this isn't Laura. This is Patricia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the horrifically anxious one that doesn't know when to stop oh, talking. I absolutely loved it. It was just so good to witness. Um, and can we talk about your costume? Can we talk about your costume? Or is Why that not? staying it's, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Oh, you put it on your, your Instagram yeah. anyway, didn't you? What, what did you come as? As a gigantic vagina in a pink leotard. <laughs> and my mate, who is an amazing cake maker, she made it. <laughs> It looked incredible. It yeah. just suited you so well. So it was like you were being birthed. It was. And yeah. then at one point, it looked like I was being choked by it, by the participant that was being brought up on stage to help me out of it. Jordan, who came up on stage. She might listen to the podcast, actually. Yeah, Hi, Jordan. Happy birthday, Jordan. That was great. I mean, she was pissed as well. So that just made for an excellent um, interaction. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that moment of the show. There was a, I said to Steve, the only way I can just describe it is, you, you know, imagine driving in a car and then all of a sudden from behind someone starts strangling you and you're not sure if you're <laughs> going to survive or not. That, <laughs> that's basically what that moment felt like. I thought... Oh shit, what actually if this doesn't go the way that in my head I thought it was going to go and I can't get the fucker off stage. But it was all right. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. good. Can we we just talk about the hotel? Oh my God, Vic, over to you, mate. Hang on. I need to quickly put some deodorant on my armpits because they stink. But while I am grabbing it because it's right here. Oh my God. So, yeah. So, what happened was I have been to Brighton many times and uh, my mum has also visited Brighton many times because my sister did live there until recently. 
Um, so we all, she always goes and stays in this same hotel and it's called like Boutique Inn or something. And um, so I just saw it on booking.com. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Book it to Laura. So without actually checking it. And she booked it. <laughs> and then the Uber central. picked me up from the station, dropped me off at the wrong place. Like I was like, this definitely is in the hotel. And then Laura literally walked out. You walked around the corner with Jules, didn't you? Yeah, when I got out of the cab, time, just coincidence. And your face was like, um... So, yeah, uh, you know, when you said that it was like really nice and clean and a bit fancy, um, have you actually lost your mind? <laughs> it's where people, I, I walked in for a start. You can book that. Like if you want to book a room, you call the number. Yeah. So, so you, you know, almost like, like per hour. hour. Yeah. It's one of those places. And then we had a special code to go in through the front door and then it was just a hallway. With some refreshers and, in a bowl. Yeah. In a Buddha bowl. And then and that was it. And I thought, this is actually where I'm going to die tonight. And it smelled very strongly of bleach, didn't it? It was like And okay, then the bathroom right. smelled very strongly of someone's arsehole. Yeah, the bathroom which wasn't absolutely arse. stank of shit. Oh, it was so bad. Um yeah, it was definitely I yeah, it wasn't I've slept to, in better places. Yeah, we've slept we definitely slept in better places. But it's fine because we were only there for a pretty period of time. Yeah. <laughs> That was the walls bad. had all like stains up it. It just was, it was grubby. It was grubby. And yeah. then and when we woke up in the morning, Laura was like, this is not my blood on the sheets. But it actually was her blood. It was, it was my blood. blood. She hadn't like bled out on them from her fanny or anything. She just scratched a spot, wasn't it? No, no, no. It wasn't fanny blood. This is the other thing I'd really like to highlight. Vic is the only person other than Steve that saw a picture that I had oh, taken yeah. and I went... I think this would be a good one for the show. Steve went, no, that's bad. That's a, No, Laura, you can't do that. And I thought, I don't trust you. I'll ask Vic. I sent it to Vic and Vic's response was, babe, you've got your full-on flaps out. Oh my God. It was a full-on It was labia. my pants tucked and my vagina lips just basically yeah, there was the probably about it. two millimetres of fabric and then the rest was the overhang of Fanny. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, that's too much. And I then sent another one. I was like, what about this? She was like, no, Laura, you need to still tuck the flaps in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it was like you'd moved you'd moved the fabric by yeah, Half another two millimeters. That was yeah. it. It was like, no, that's not enough. This is still explicitly minched. Yeah, I know. I, I I think that's why I need I need people in my life that can do damage limitation. Because <laughs> I have none. I don't have any limits. <laughs> Oh God! What? So fun yeah, we it had. was amazing, and I couldn't have done it without you, mate. And here Love we are you. on Saturday. Saturday morning, and it's pissing down with rain. Pissing down rain, absolutely miserable. Yeah, feeling knackered. I, I, I mean, both Laura didn't sleep, did you, that night that we were in the no. hotel because she was just off her tits on adrenaline. Yeah, you, I mean, I double dropped your fucking sleeping tablet. I was still sat there. Double dropped melatonin. I was like, I fell asleep. I just conked out halfway through a sentence. I think. <laughs> You did. <laughs> you went, that's so bad. And then you just went to sleep. And I was like, <laughs> I just Hello? laid there like. Oh. And <laughs> she's asleep. <laughs> and I just continuously farted throughout the whole night. Yeah, but did you hear what I said? No, I've got no idea. What were you talking about? I just laid there silently for a minute. And I went, did you just go to sleep? And you went, I think I did. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, so funny. And then we were so like, funny. wake at seven, weren't we? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, because obviously I'd had such a restful. I didn't go to sleep to, to wake, would require me. I know you, my you were still awake at like two thirty, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I felt fucked yesterday. I thought it was coming down with some mega flu, but it wasn't. I was just, I was just, you know, coming down off the high of your show. How are you though, Vic? Are you all right, mate? I'm okay. Yeah, I've uh, I've just been for my um, forest run. It's my new thing that I do now. How I go it? and run in the forest. Uh, it was absolutely lovely. It was lovely. Because um, I've got so pissing down, but I have my nerd gear on, so it's fine. It doesn't bother me. And it's in the forest, so you're a little bit undercover. It's not too extreme. Yeah, but what if you get rain in your eye, like an eye, a raindrop in your eye? It's the worst thing. I've got glasses on. Of course. Just to add to the nerd Are vibe. they demissed? Are they... <laughs> no. So... They're just co- totally covered in raindrops. So I can't really see. There's actually no point being in the forest because I was just looking through water. Mate, you, I, all I can imagine is you like Neo, like <laughs> an exercising fucking Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm like. Um, trying not to fall over on the mud. Why, why do you wear the glasses? Because otherwise I can't fucking see. So I'm guessing you're not, you're not going to the forest in the hope of finding some hot god that's going to, no. you know, I mean, I'm mainly, you. the issue with going to the forest for me is that I'm just mainly worried about getting murdered because oh, I'm yeah. a woman and I'm in a forest. But luckily there's loads of like people walking their dogs and stuff. So it's, it's okay. Watching you run past with your glasses on. I know, going, look at that absolute nerd. <laughs> is it a man or is it a penis? <laughs> That's what it looked like. Not even a woman, just <laughs> no, a penis. No, not even a woman, just a man or a penis. Um, so yeah, I did that. And uh, I've done it a few times now. And um, I don't know what sort of uh, motivated me to go there. I think it's because we, we go to this forest anyway for walks and whatever. And I've always said, oh, it would be very nice to go for a run here. So I did it for the first time a few weeks ago and um, had a very strange impact on me um, in that the run was amazing because... I'm not just running around the same fucking park over yeah. and over again. So psychologically, it's easier to, you know, actually do a full run and not be like, fuck this. But uh, yeah, at the end of the run, I'm like, oh, oh, hi, like on the endorphins. Like, yeah, this is fantastic. And then just something overcomes me and I just get so emotional. It's really odd. I don't know what it is, what it's about, about being in that environment, but it just brings out pure, raw emotion in me obviously linked to everything that's going on with my dad having leukemia and all that jazz so the first time it happened it was super overwhelming and I just sat in the forest for probably about 15 minutes and just cried and I did end up hugging a tree (laughs) can you imagine someone potentially (laughs) walking their dog and catching you and being like oh fucking hell what is she doing? Moves to London and then within (laughs) six months she becomes one of those barista loving fucking hippies (laughs) Yeah, that is me. That is actually me. Um, but it's it's just really the power weird. of the tree, mate. The power, it's the power of the tree. tree. There's this uh, Japanese um, practice called forest bathing, and if you read about it, it's really interesting. Like psychologically, being in be, being exposed to green, even just the color green. Yeah, it's crazy. Very very soothing and releases endorphins and dopamine and all the rest of it. You know who I heard about that from? This is no. so random. Charlotte Church of all people. Not like she's my mate or anything, but she right. talked about it on a podcast. And yeah. I thought, oh, that sounds so interesting. So when I looked it up, and yeah, it is like a real thing that's a really common practice in Japan. But you have to. You're supposed to be in the forest for two hours, which obviously I'm like. Well, that's not going to happen, is it? Well, two hours over the course of a month, I'm sure works fine. I hope so, because that's yeah. what I'm it doing. Really it is definitely does work, you know. yeah. But I'm a bit of a wreck afterwards. Um, and then, you know, 
I cry it all out, talk to the sparrows, and then uh, make my way home. <laughs> yeah. The way you were yesterday morning in the hotel, like humming away, I thought you sound like a Disney princess. So maybe you are like Cinderella, <laughs> Fartarella, that's what you are. That's Fartarella, yeah. You know what? She, in the, the sort of, I don't know, before she'd woken up and I'd put the duvet over my head and the vain hope that maybe it would shut out darkness and I'd go to sleep. And I heard Vic in her sleep <laughs> fart. And then no more than a few seconds later, I was being gassed. I was hotboxed by your bum. That made me laugh so much because you had tagged me in that story, right? So then I oh, just came, I no, but that made me laugh even more because it was like I just came across it. I was like, what's Laura doing? Oh, <laughs> suffocating on Looking my body. Like in bed. <laughs> it really made me laugh so much. I was like, that is hilarious. What a sign of friendship that is. That is a true sign of friendship. Yeah. True sign of friendship. Absolutely. Oh, God. I feel like I've laughed loads already. Well, that's good. My I head's hurting. I, I haven't. <laughs> Mate, I haven't got a news article today. All right. Let's just go in for some stories because we've had a lovely, lovely influx of stories from you lot. Okay. So I've got a little tidy up time. Go on, love. So, hey, Slags, you just read out my message and I feel like a superstar. Woohoo! I'm the size 20 slag in shorts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mate. I just wanted you to know it was lovely to hear what you said even a while after I'd sent it. Also, after I wore the shorts and no fucker died, I did think, well, maybe I don't look that horrendous. And I have started some serious work on myself. Yay! I've been doing mindfulness for the anxiety, open water swimming with a group of ladies, which is fucking cold but awesome, and attended women-only classes in my area about self-esteem, self-love, and breaking down all those thoughts and images we've had thrown down our necks for years. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I feel so much better and have started my healthy eating journey too now. I'm down a dress size and feeling amazing, but the best change has been my mindset and you slags are so right about that. I needed to change my mind before I could even think about the weight. Oh my God. Thanks that makes for me... being truly awesome. Superstar slags. I oh. am on the cusp of orgasm just at, at hearing that because that's exactly what it's like. I think or people always think like that by telling you to love yourself and fuck the diets off whatever journey you're on you need to love yourself at the very beginning of it before you embark on that change because yeah. that change will be so much more progressive because you'll love yourself and not hate yourself and that's what it comes down to you it's not about the fact you can't change fuck knows i've changed a dick load in the last however many months and yeah you know my weight yo-yos and i'm at a point where i'm like no actually i think i do want to do a little bit more to get a little bit more in shape it, it's not like Oh, she's going to become like Kim Kardashian, which to be honest with you, I don't believe that's ever going to happen as such. Um, but, you know, it's just about that journey of love. It's so fucking important. And it makes it makes everything better. It makes sex better. It makes the way you see yourself better. It makes how who you connect with better, your friendships, your relationships, your connections, like everything. It makes everything better. It's not just going to happen either. Like, like no, you know, doesn't. she's she's putting in proper steps there she's to make like, a change and, her mindset. Yeah, because and we're all indoctrinated. That's the other thing too, isn't it? So we always yeah. say as women, society has indoctrinated us, especially you know, I mean, I saw something on Instagram about this whole heroin chic coming back. No, don't. I can't even begin to deal with it. Yeah. Like, I can't deal with it. That is what we were subjected to when we were teenagers. Yeah. And 
just that whole pressure. I mean, for 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 one, our bodies are not a fashion trend to be like, this is what's in. We're not a c- commodity in that way. We are continually objectified for the fact that just because society says or fucking Kim Kardashian in Vogue looks a certain way, that that is basically how the rest of the world, she is one fucking woman. And I think that's the thing that makes me so cross. I oh know, she's so, so influential though, mate. She's like, it's crazy, the power that she has. It's, and it's it's all right for us because we're old enough and wise enough to not buy into it. I'm not saying that all people our age would, would not buy into it. I think they people are still affected by it. But it's the younger generation that that's where it's so concerning because at that age, your brain is just more susceptible to being influenced by those outside sources because you don't have the maturity. Oh, absolutely. I was so heavily influenced by outside yeah, influence. Yeah, same. I can remember like getting those all those shit teenage magazines and seeing girls in there who were obviously always really thin, especially at that time, and just yeah. being like, why don't I look like that? I need to look like that. And, you know, I did struggle with food and not eating to be skinny oh, mate, and all the definitely. rest of it. And it's just like, oh, have we not? progressed are we going back 20 years when it comes to women we don't ever progress I feel like we are just only ever accepted and caught up in whatever that current cycle is and obviously we are progressing because women like you and I we are speaking up more like the fucking suffragettes man (laughs) with the slag suffragettes and on that note I just picked up a cookie on the way here yeah baby you munch away because thin is not in Thin is not in. Well, you know what? But then I feel like that's also triggering as well because some people can't help the size that they are. And then that's like an arsehole thing to say. So it's not that thin isn't no. in. It's just whoever you are in that moment is if in. If you're thin, you're thin. Fine. Yeah. I mean, nothing should be in or out. We're just no, it's your fucking, body. It's our bodies, mate. Just whoever you alone. are in that fucking moment. You absolute wankers. Hate you. What cookie are you eating? It was a posh one that got left in the um, Whitstable cottage. Nice. Did you steal them? No, she left us a hamper. Oh, how lovely. Mm. Actually, can I give her a shout out on here? Absolutely, fucking do it. Over half term, I went away and stayed in the most amazing little cottage. It wasn't a cottage, it was more like a, a bungalow. Yeah, it was a bungalow. <laughs> it wasn't like one. It was one. It was one. It's called Pebbles um, and it's uh, run by a lovely lady called Nikki. She's got an Instagram for it, but she's giving... 20% off on bookings between now and Christmas if you fancy a little trip away. Three Lovely. beds, beautifully decorated, two minutes walk to the beach, right next to Whitstable. It's a fucking beautiful, beautiful place to go and stay. It's called pebbles.seasalter um, on Instagram. So at P-E-B-B-L-E-S dot seasalter. Do you know, if I was listening to that, on this podcast right now, you just, that was so too much information for my brain. Yeah, but it's fine. It's fine. Not everyone's as special as me. (laughs) It's fine. Fucking take it or leave it, you cunts. Fucking take it or leave it. Right, I've got a story, mate. Go on then, let's have a story. I feel like my voice translates how fucking exhausted I am. Like, (laughs) I just ate that brownie and I thought, oh my God, it's going to be like heroin, but I feel like I'm coming down horrifically from it. Oh no, really? I didn't didn't even get the sugar high. Oh no. I'm good, don't worry. I'll just moan about it the whole day. Steve will love it. Uh, Hey ladies, I hooked up with my boss. He was a hottie, but a total fuckboy. He was all about me giving him blowjobs, but his dick always smelled like piss. It was disgusting. (laughs) Oh God. 
I could smell his dick piss every time I walked in his office. The sex, meh. Huge penis, but performed like a jackrabbit. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Disappointing. He said he showered a lot, but his dick always smelled like dry piss. He wanted me to drink his cum. No thanks, piss dick. <laughs> no thanks, piss dick. There you go. That's that's this week's No title, thanks, piss dick. I mean, if he smelled of wee, though, how did the how did the liaison happen? Yeah, because if she walks in his office and is like, oh, I can smell urine. But you know what? Sometimes that smell... You don't shower a lot, mate. But that smell can be, um, I hate that smell. It can be like clothes that haven't been dried properly smell like piss, don't they? You know what oh, I mean? No, I'd like that damp, musty smell. Yeah. You'd hate it, my house because of the fucking mice. Oh, yeah, that smell. I the can't smell. cope with it. <laughs> you need to get it. rid of them. Release them into the wild. I've tried. What to release I can't them into do, the wild? I know, but I feel I have a legal obligation to not do that. <laughs> legal obligation. Just get Hendrix around, he'll eat them. I know I feel terrible. Why? I'd be so sad. You just need to give them away. You've got to like get rid of your anxiety. I am trying. Nobody no wants them. them. You're not taking them back to the pet shop? No, I bought them from some woman's house. Oh, right. Hence why she got rid of them. Where are they? They're in your conservatory. Oh, they fuck them in Elliot's room. Oh, God. Actually, conservatory. Mm, might it's be a bit cold, cold out, out there. there for mice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I just what, yeah, and the jackhammer. Why do men do that? I think sometimes if a man's got a big willy, he feels like that is enough. It's really not. It's really not. And actually, oh a big willy can be quite hard to work with. Um, yeah. I find. I have found. I, I find. In I my find. Personal experience. Not these days, uh, but back in the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and as much as the there seems to be this uh, sort of you know can, idea that women love a massive willy, I don't I don't agree. I, I, yeah. I'm not there with the big willy vibes. I, I like a, it's got to you know have some length, some girth. It's got to have a bit of girth to it. It's got to have length. But from my point of view, if it makes me come, I don't really give a shit. I know, but it can be really uncomfortable with a big big willy. No, but that's I wouldn't be interested in a massive willy because I don't have a massive vagina. Turns no. out it's very tight, mate. Yeah, we all know. All right, stop rubbing it in. <laughs> you got a tight one too. I've got a tight um, one. Yeah. Have you told this? Have you told the story about the um, your vagina holding onto the, the the woman's fingers on this podcast? Not on this podcast, no, because uh, they have to pay to come to my show to find oh. out the true story uh, no it's just yeah i yeah i went to the gynecologist and it turns out i've got a much tighter cooch than um than i had ever realized maybe i maybe i did talk about it i feel like a screenshot i think i did didn't i didn't i screenshot the bit in the letter that she wrote to my doctor saying how ex- exceptionally strong my pelvic floor was I don't think you and did. i think i highlighted it and i sent it to you and i was like thank you no, you That's need in to my put medical that on records. your on your tombstone <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exceptionally tight vagina. <laughs> she pretty much left the glove behind when she came out, mate. Absolutely hilarious. Um, I can't. Yeah, the so big willies. I'm just a bit like I'm mm. not. I don't need. I don't I need don't a need big it. willy. I just need to come. And they give me um, historically chronic cystitis. Oh, mate, having just getting over it now. It's not yes. fun. Um, Laura here has been an absolute high recently. I, know, I have. Meanwhile, I'm like living through the driest fucking spell of no Sahara. sex in my whole life. Yeah, it's literally, we need to call the UN, all right? Because there's a serious crisis going on. Well, I've started, I've, I've only just started taking horny goat weed. You know those things where they say um, the things people do when they're bored? 
There should so be you've one. Take, you've been taking it? No, mate. I only started taking it last night. Okay. Um, Explain like, for those that don't remember what horny goat weed is. Yeah, horny goat weed is basically, it's meant to be like a natural Viagra for men, but also it's it basically it's about pumping up your libido. Granted, right. I don't know that mine needs any more pumping up at the moment. I think maybe it's because like my body's like, impregnate me because I'm about to become dry. I'm not yeah. there yet, but maybe it's coming. I don't know. Um, but I go through phases like this where I go really fucking sex mental. Yeah. And then it calms down again. So that's where she's been at. Hence why she's had a horrific, horrific urinary tract infection. This one. It was awful. I woke up. I've never woken up like in so much agony. Woke up at two o'clock in the morning and my stomach was like, Whoom, that's when Whoom. you know it's bad. Yeah, it was really bad. I haven't had it for ages, long time. But I said to you, didn't I, that now, because it's so infrequent that I have sex, that when I do, like the day after, my vagina swells up like a baboon's ass. And it's like, what is going on? Why does it feel like I'm sitting on a whoopee cushion? But do you not find like sometimes after you've had sex that even walking, because like your whole vagina is so sensitive, it's like you can almost feel like your clitoris is basically rubbing on your thighs. It feels yeah. so highly sensitive. It's bad, isn't it? It's like, really, my parents don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, I know that Rob's dad does, so that's good. Oh, hi, John. Hi, John. Awkward. Because of everything I've gone through in the last like 18 months, 20 months, we were talking about before we went on record, I'm going through like this massive, like, wah! I'm living out my teenage days now properly. In, in like every sense. I'm just, yeah. I think like I've never been more me in my entire life than I am right now. Which is a massive slag. <laughs> Basic. I would have been a fucking massive slag if I'd been single. But I would have had really shit sex because I just would have had sex with anyone and I wouldn't have enjoyed yeah. it. Whereas now... I'm the priority. Yeah. Yeah. So we were having quite uh, in-depth conversations, weren't we, when we were away about um, yeah, open relationships. Morning, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We need to talk about that. The open <laughs> relationships. Yeah. How vastly different we, we are if we were to have open relationships, like you versus me. Me, I'm like an attached orangutan to anyone yeah. that puts their dick in me. Yeah. And then there's you. This is for the minge, all right? This is, yeah. It. This is for the clit. This is for the clit. I'm doing it for the clit. That's I think it. the only thing that like I I guess I'm bothered by is the fact that I can't bear to waste another moment of my life having bad sex ever again. Yeah. And when you meet somebody, there is just a very know. strong chance yeah. that it's like Monopoly, isn't it? Mm. I don't actually think it's anything like Monopoly. No. <laughs> Bingo? I don't know. I don't know what it's I'm like. sure there's a board game that it res- resonates to. When you, don't, when you just don't know what you're going to get handed, basically. But I'd love to hear that, from someone that has an open relationship. Yes, that's what we were saying. Because we were talking about it theoretically, like neither of us are in an open relationship or anything. Um, no, but we're open to the idea. We were just talking about it. And uh, I listened to... Um, a podcast about it uh the other day and it was just really interesting what she was saying so it was with a it was with like a sex educator who is a um a professor and her specialism is female sexuality and desire and um she said that there's all these studies that have been conducted around this and and basically this is in America but it, these these studies were were in America um saying that a woman in a uh sort of committed relationship her desire statistically wanes between one to four years most with a man it take it does wane but it takes a lot longer to sort of just to go and his sort of 
goes around the nine to 12 year mark, which is a huge difference when you think about it. But I think that, and it's important to note, like for people that are like, oh my God, I've been with my partner nine years. What if they're not going to want to have sex with you anymore? It's more to do with like, I think the monotony and the same. It's not to say it. that you're not going to ever have sex again. It's not no. that. It's just, it's, it's that, and that women it get becomes really, boring. Um, we lose interest in monotony with the sex life and so if it's not kept interesting and exciting and all the rest yeah, of it that's how we can lose that's it. how we lose the desire um yeah. and we just we crave more interesting sex like we don't want it to be the same routine sex all the time and all the rest of yeah. it which i totally yes 100 yes, i don't like normal like, i don't like the same thing unless i know the same thing's going to make me yeah, if it's really good. Know, yeah, it's then. really fucking good. Then we'll go there, but it's not. It, I can't. I can't have it the same. But what she said about um, how this is sort of interpreted by a lot of women experiencing this is that they lose a desire and then they stop kind of wanting to have sex. But it's not that they don't actually want to have sex. It's just they don't want to have that same boring sex. Yeah, and so they end up just doing service basically of just having like service sex, which is when your partner really wants it. Um, so you have it and then it's not actually fulfilling your desire in any way because it's all on their terms and you're just kind of doing it to keep them happy. Like that is just not a good sort of situation. Like, you know. I wonder how many men also don't like women taking control. Mm. Steve loves it. Yeah, Rob loves He's it as well. Cunt. So yeah, I just, um, I don't, we've had- He's a lazy cunt. That wasn't yeah. a good way to end on that. He's not- but I just I think obviously I control all areas of our life so I may as well control that see I'm the opposite I think because I do control all the areas of life, I don't want to control it I'd much rather be controlled in that situation yeah in I, I didn't I mean I think we've we've spoken about it before I didn't used to be like that but having come out of my breakdown last year I'm now like no I fucking I, I want it on my terms yeah it's massively liberating it's probably why I'm a fucking nymph at the moment <laughs> yeah I I am honestly I'm I think I'm like living out my Why are you taking horny goat weed then? You don't need it. Because I want to have it more of like a sustained period of time where I'm not then like oh yeah I don't want any sex. Yeah, I think that's hard. Also we're we're parents like that's a well, big... No mate, it's the hardest most fucking shit thing about it. Yeah. It just it just drains all desire. It's a mood Mm-hmm. Big time. Especially as we've got an older child as well so he's not going to bed at 7 o'clock and it's like oh yeah okay. Yeah, that's hard. Having to stick a chair under the door downstairs so that yeah. we can have sex <laughs> Because isn't Toby in your bed? Or is he, yeah, is it, to- yeah. yeah, Toby's in our bed as well. So he doesn't get lifted into his bed until we go to bed. So it's just, oh, man. I just think, I think, you know, navigating relationships with your partner when you have children and it's long term. It's very complicated. I also wonder, like, what it's your work. sex life is like. It, what is your sex life like if you've had children? Mm. that you haven't had children sorry like do yeah. you get that like st- stagnant stage you must do it must not necessarily just be universal to parents but I think like you and you probably don't appreciate the freedom you have by not having kids well yeah they're definitely that but I, I mean I, I can only speak from experience and I've had one other really long-term relationship that was seven years which is quite a long time I think um and uh by about three years into that I was over it <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah, nah. And I really went off sex completely. But then I fell out of love with him. So it's different. It was like, there was that going on. That's why I think, are you sure you'd be able to have really good sex if you weren't in love? 100%. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, but I need to have a connection. So that's, I think that's it's that difficult. It's not love; it's connection. Because I could easily have sex without love. But it has to be like a, you know, like um, uh, a connection where I've met that person. Where and... your minge is like, put it in me. Yeah, it's like love that, that feeling. Um, I wish I had that. That's the thing that I want all the time. I know, but it's just it's not. It's me too. I think that's what we all want. It's not possible for him to be dick in hole while I'm making yeah. spaghetti bolognese for the kids. It's a fantasy, unless you're in an open yeah. relationship and yeah. you you just want that element and you don't want anything else. You just want that newness of wanting to bone someone like ferociously. Then <laughs> ferociously, then that's it. But without the jackhammering, without the jack and the piss, the piss mill. Oh God! No, we, we totally sidepassed that. Oh, and no, went we did into didn't ourselves we? and how much we basically have both. We were laying in bed yesterday morning. <laughs> and we were basically playing out our, our own fantasies, our fantasy we? life. <laughs> yeah, but then also we were talking about the. I think like logistically, it would be such a difficult thing to do. That's why we wanted to hear from someone that's had an open relationship yeah. or is in an open relationship, and like, or in an open relationship with a partner that maybe was very resistant to it. I'd yeah. love that. Or yeah. did it like ruin a relationship because they couldn't then take the fact that you were fucking somebody else? I'd love to hear about it. Find it all fascinating. Same with swingers, I find it all so fascinating. But if you're doing it, I think if you're both doing it and you've, you know, you, you've laid out terms of this is how, you know, we've got to have Season a policy C's. here. There's got to be a policy. This He's is what this podcast was saying. Not full blown. Yeah, this is what we were saying. <laughs> that if, um, no, you know, if, you, if you go into it and then it ends up opening up loads of communication between you and your partner, you'd never normally have because you have to talk about these things. You can't just, you know, it's got to, you've got to lay the, the ground rules of this is how it's going to work for me to feel comfortable, for you to feel comfortable, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she said it's like made her relationship better than ever. But one, one thing that she said that I was like, that is mental and I cannot get, I can't get my head around this. So uh, this woman, she had a long, a primary partner, she referred to him as, and then she had like, a boyfriend essentially and um boy. yeah fuck boy but then she said what's it's very american so it's like so what is fantastic about this scenario she didn't sort of like march simpson but <laughs> <laughs> she said that when you have a breakup with the boyfriend your primary partner can support you through it i was like <gasps> what but that's that really in, that, sounds but like, that's so interesting because that clearly means that there is love in that relationship. She said that does happen, yeah, of course, yeah. So that is that, and how, and that's where I guess for me, I've always thought an open relationship is you just fuck other people. Yeah. I don't think like if I was in an open relationship, I wouldn't want to love anyone else, and that is why I can't do it because I would love somebody else. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, I'm bad. I'm really bad. And I, I do acknowledge <laughs> that about myself. And like the thing is, I will sometimes get like a weird obsession. And then I've just got to let it run its course, masturbate a million times over it, fake dream over it, actually dream about it, get it out of my system and it'll pass. That's probably your ADHD, you know. I think. Yeah. Nora's getting oh, yeah, assessed for ADHD. ADHD as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no I spoke surprise. to a psychiatrist for 35 minutes and she went, have you ever been assessed for ADHD? <laughs> <laughs> no, but while you're mentioning yeah, I have to. Oh, and like the thing is, I can act on that as well. So I have to be super careful. Yeah, exactly. Because it can be like I said to Steve, like, I don't think you can understand how obsessive that feeling is. Yeah, well, I, I get it because I think I've got ADHD too. But I think I think we, we've got it in different ways. It manifests in different ways. But I'm the same with the impulsive thing. I can't stop thinking about shit. It's yeah. like me wanting to move out of London. Yeah, same. I'd be like that. I'd be like, that's it. I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do now but you know what that's in in I do think as much as 
it's been shit to have lived with. I think a lot of the reason why I've also got so many issues with my mental health is because I've never been correctly uh, supported yeah. with potentially having ADHD. And I think that's obviously then not helped with my mental health and my breakdowns. But um, I think that um, it's got me to where I am. Yeah. I am. We are both successful people because of the way that our brains work and the fact yeah. that I'm quite happy to get my minge out online and it not be an issue. And like, I struggle. <laughs> I do really struggle with the fact when people go, you're so brave. Like I'd never do that. And I'd be like, oh, I don't see it as an issue. I know. I've so listened that, that I had that too as well. I think talking really honestly about, because sometimes I reflect back on stuff that we've shared on here and I think, fucking hell, I've really, you know, they really know a lot of <laughs> the ins and out of our life and our sex life and everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, yeah. like, I don't have, have any shame. Like, like, I don't see either. Either. Like, Yeah, that's, I think that's it as well. It's the shame. And like, I really am so massively um, resistant to the idea of living behind the shackles of shame. Cause that's not, that's not our shame. That's a shame of the other person. Yeah. Like they feel ashamed of what they've heard, but we aren't ashamed of it. No. It's not my job to then have to absorb their shame as part of like the fact that they don't like what they heard. That's their responsibility. It's not mine. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't want to hide anymore. I think like I've always joked about the fact that I only ever release the freak in front of people when I feel like they're not going to leave me. Whereas now I'm very upfront about the freak. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. She's out. She's out, motherfuckers. And that's probably the difference is I've masked and hidden yeah. me my and the way that I behave and the way that I talk so much and sometimes she'd slip out but now I don't try to do that now I'm just like well no this is who I am so you're just gonna have to take me if you find me <laughs> that's how you end up and saying that, I'll suck your dick to a um, yeah. show producer who you've just a met show producer yeah <laughs> and he goes okay it's okay okay Laura. moving on <laughs> that's not what I came in here for all right should I do a story Please do. We've got some fucking God, we great went ones. a bit way off then, didn't we? I know, we, we did, but it's so good. Um, no thanks, Pistick. No thanks, Pistick. Here we go. Um, I am here to confess my sins. <gasps> I feel so happy already. I think this leads on nicely from what we've just talked about with the open relationship. Um, it's It's like open relationship or have an affair. I think yes. that's, that's the situation, isn't it? This is good. So I had a three-year affair with my <gasps> boss at work who came across very meek and mild, yet the minute it arrived at my apartment, it turned into Mr. Grey or Mrs. Grey in this case. <gasps> oh, So is this a woman writing in? I believe this is a woman, yes. We used to have a cheeky finger in the showers at work on our lunch break. Oh, oh my hello. God. <laughs> I feel turned on. I bet you fucking do. <laughs> Good job she's left and I've moved on. In fact, looking back, we could have been sacked. More of the story, always shag your boss. <laughs> I don't know if that is oh the story. <laughs> Who is my boss? Who is your boss? Oh, no. Fucking not, self. Absolutely not my bosses. Best and naughtiest sex I've ever had. Married with two kids now. Practically celibate these days. Bring back the old inspector. Mm, oh inspector, hey. I mean, who's... Who's got showers at their work? What sort of workplace has showers? Does, is that Police? common? You reckon? That's so hot. Interesting. Work affairs can be very exciting. As you well know, Vic. As I well know. As I well know from experience. 
I don't think I've ever had anything. Oh, no, I did. I did have something with someone that I worked with. Oh, God, it was grim. I mean, it wasn't. It was super fun. Steve and I were on a break. And um, that's what Ross said. Okay, that's (laughs) That's what what Ross Ross said. said. We were on a break. (laughs) Uh, And he, at the time, I was quite young. So I guess I probably didn't acknowledge it for what it was. It didn't go anywhere. It was grim. He rejected me on a massive scale. Oh, really? Fucking man. Well, this was the guy I was telling you about the other day. The other day, yeah, that's right. You did tell me about him. And it was so grim because, like, my body was fucking lush. And I sent him... Still is now, Laura. Oh, it is still. I'm not lying. It's up there. (laughs) I really wish I clenched my bum less in videos because if there is one thing that I definitely don't make the most of is the fact that I have a nice nice bottom. It's full of wrinkles. And cellulite when I clench it. Anyway, but yeah, I did. I took loads of nudes, and he kept like trying to push me to send more, push to send more, and it was radio silence. And then, absolute cunt bag said to me the next day, he was like, "It's just not what I was expecting." That was it. He never spoke to me again. I know, but like, what does that even mean? And, like, my body was like, there was not a fucking speck wrong with my body at yeah. all. And it was like, oh my God, what it was that damaging that however many years on, I can remember that. And it absolutely fucking killed me. Cause then I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with my body. Yeah. Like I can't show it to people. Yeah. And then like I, I remember having sex with somebody during that break. And I was like trying to keep my clothes on because I was like so scared that they were going like, oh my God, you've got two tits. Do you know that people only have one and it's in the middle of their chest? It's not at the side. So yeah, I was just like absolutely fucking distraught by it. Oh, I hate that. It was my little shit experience. I hate man. I was just thinking then, um, majority of the men that I have got involved with have been via work or even boyfriends, even like boyfriends I had for a while. You can see how it happens at work. Yeah, because you're with them a lot and uh, you get to know them. You, and you like, get to know them in a platonic context. Because yeah. I know? think when you're trying to get to know somebody and you know there's going to be sex, it's like you almost can't be yourself. So then that means you can't quite, you're not, as, you don't feel as sexual, do you? Because you're yeah. constantly trying to mask the freak for me, in, in my case, the freak. Um, and so you can't ever just be like, yeah, this is who I am. It's really fun having an, having like a work flirt though. I love yeah. a work flirt. Love, love it. Love a flirt. Yeah, me too. I miss it. I really miss flirting. But even I was thinking even um, one of my other key boyfriends was through someone that I worked with. It was her brother. So work has been the main Work has place. been basically the thing to fill your hole. A hundred percent. Like, well, yeah, every industry I've worked in, I've met in, I've met someone. You've and, been uh, cocking hole. Oh yeah, I've ended up getting sexually involved and also having relationships. So it's a good place. You're I think a very, it's a- very attractive woman, Vic. Oh, thank you. I wish I felt it. Um, I don't feel the same level of like <gasps> when I see you. But I used to. It's like, oh my god, look at her. You just I radiate something <laughs> about you. You do. You do radiate something about you. Now I'm over it. I think it's because I've had to sleep in a bed with you twice. That's and true. You smell my bum hole, mate. She was farting out of the window. It got so bad. I was trying to record you, but you would fart too quickly every time. (laughs) Oh my God, so funny. And that's the other thing about open... I think the thing is about being in a long-term relationship, it's like we were saying this, there's absolutely no mystery. There's no no mystery anymore. And... But there's also something really good about that. Of course, yeah. But equally, you're like, I shat in your hands. And I've seen you shave your bum hole like yeah. I can't I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how you know to what? go back to just pure <laughs> yeah. 
like yeah. filthy desire from those scenes I know but then I also think that that leads into fantasy like for me I love a fantasy so much like I live vicariously by my brain um but like <laughs> I'm like I'm part of the fanny part of brigade at the moment and <laughs> of the night I effectively machine gunned onto Steve and I was like <laughs> and every time I laughed it just made it happen even more <laughs> and I think I would have died a million times over yeah. If that had been like a just a fuck, I'm yeah. so pleased it was with my husband. Yeah. I was like, "That's awkward." Steve was like, "That was amazing." <laughs> <laughs> Best sex I've ever had. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, a... Do you know what I mean? So it's like that side of it. I just think that we lose our way in our relationships so easily when we've been with someone for a long time. Yeah. I've definitely mine and Steve have lost our paths so many times throughout our sexual relationship, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, but it's normal. I think that's the other thing as well. And that's why we talk about it's this stuff because I know it. there's lots of other people that you just, if you that don't even talk about it with their partner. And so you just internalize these fears that you're like, oh my God, we're failing. It's not what it used to be. I, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's over. It come back it's like, it's not. There are things that you can do. And if obviously not, the majority of people aren't going to be interested in an open relationship. That's it. That's the end of the day. It's, they're not. Yeah. Or one partner isn't, the other partner isn't. It's not going to happen, whatever. So you've got to find other ways within your relationship to make it feel exciting and that is so hard it's so hard but you just got to do it you've got to put the work in and you know what mate this morning this morning so Stephen had very we talked very openly about sex again another thing that's changed in the last however many months until uh since I nearly killed myself basically we've had a fantastic relationship uh but that's one thing that we've been really 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 painfully open about which at times has not been great and has been oh we sh- should we still be together to be honest with you that has happened in recent times but um it's made us very very open about like our relationship with each other and I was talking about it this morning and I was like, what is your ideal woman? Like what? He's like, I don't know. And I honestly think that if they had a hole and big tits and brown hair, he'd be happy. I, I don't even, I don't even know that he's got a type. Do you know what I mean? It was a fucking crisp packet. He'd probably have sex with it. But I then put up on my stories. I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I love it when I do like a bit of a filth thing of like sharing loads of images of really sexy men the people, the women on my page, they go, they go nuts. Yeah, yeah. knee deep in life, they're like, yeah. "Oh my god, Sharon Moore, I, I know." Him. You know, and I just think that just goes to show like how fucking huge that desire is. But a, a lot of women just really hide it, and I'm like, no. I'm here for it, man. Yeah, but it's that it's that it, most women lose their desire for a habitual partner within one to four years. Because they think it's going to be better with somebody else when it's not necessarily going to be better. It's just, it's You've got to spice it up, man. Um, right, that's, feel, that's felt super rambly, but um, hey, we've come to the end now, so we can yeah, stop. Yeah, sorry, guys. We actually, only read, we actually only read two stories, but fuck me, they really did... We've, really had a lot of in, we've had a lot of interesting conversations today, Laura. Haven't we? We've opened up people's minds. And maybe even their relationships or their vaginas. <laughs> All three. I, I can guarantee there'll be women that have got to the end of this and gone, yeah, I definitely need to find a sexy book or audio book. Yeah. You know what someone said to me the other day, which I thought was really, really clever, is go to sleep listening to like erotic novels. You know, if like if you're into Vikings, it'd be about Vikings and go to sleep with it. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, obviously at the moment I'm and then what happens? crazy anyway. What, you dream about it. Because wait, not only are you then dreaming about it, but then it's like igniting that kind of, I, I don't know, because obviously I'm a bit weird, aren't I? So like the way in which my brain works is very different to other people. But if I were to do that, I would become fucking like, oh my God, I need to masturbate. I need self-pleasure. <laughs> I just need pleasure. Yeah, I don't think I could fall asleep to sexy audio. It'd be too oh my arousing. God. Yeah, but I'd love but that. But also, it's like the same meditation. The voice has to be right. Like, yes. if someone can recommend a good audio thing, which is sexy voice, because I'd listen to a couple. That, that would be another, I'd be I'd be off on my fucking being right, on that. The, but the guy was like, oh, yeah, you like that, baby. Ah. I was like, whoa, what is this? It's like a mafia Ooh. film. It just, it just mafia didn't feel film. right. It's like, Johnny Blue Eyes is going to cut your fingers off. <laughs> I like a really deep voice. Oh, yeah. It, it all depends on the, the voice and it's got to be perfect. But um, yeah. yeah, recommend some to us. Put, send them DM or, or email them. And you can also send your stories to us. Keep sending your stories. We've had like real amazing influx well, of stuff. It's influx. absolutely hilarious. Makes, um, it confirms for us that you buggers are still listening. Woo! So you can email us at noholesbarpodcast at gmail.com or what else can they do, Laura? They can find us on, there's a minute, they can find us on Instagram at no Podcast and send us a DM. Oh, yes. And of course, hello, if you're looking for a way to spice up your sex life as well, oh you can God, buy one of our have, fucking like, sex, toys. sex toys. We sell sex toys for all of the your aerodynamic, needs. dynamic thing. Dynamic. Or ergonomic. <laughs> ergonomic sex toys. The ergonomic um, sex toys. That pulsator one that's the first one when you land on the page, that is a gem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's loads of stuff there. There's loads of stuff for couples as well. Um, you know, cock ring, essential, I would say. Yeah. Vibrating cock ring, butt plug, uh, lube, hello. All of that. All of that is on our site. Yeah. So get yourselves over there. And that is Laura. What? What's it called? Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. W- <laughs> www.noholesbardpodcast.com. Um, and we will see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday, beautiful bitches. Enjoy flicking your boobs. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.